0: Glitzy musicals, but they're just the tip of the iceberg of what makes up the New York theatre community. Hi, I'm Gordon Cox from Variety for the American Theatre Wing, and joining me today to discuss a decidedly different type of theatre, those with venues of 99 seats or under, are Jonathan Bank, Artistic Director of the Mint Theatre, Sarah Benson, Artistic Director of SOHO Rep, Susan Burnfield, Artistic Director of New Georges, and David Van Asselt, Artistic Director of Rattlestick Playwrights Theatre. All of your organizations have uh, really specific mission statements, um, you know, very defined sort of goals for your uh, organizations. Tell me about what those are and why those are important.
1: Sure. Uh, Well, our mission is really focused on producing work that can only happen in a theater, um, that isn't a TV show or a film, that it's really designed for a theatrical idiom. So that's the kind of primary thing that we're looking for. My understanding of mission is it's really defined by programming. Um, so although, you know, we tweak the, the actual language of our mission from, from, t- from time to time, or that, you know, basically, I think mission is defined by what you do. Um, that's how people get to, to understand your organization and how you create the identity of the organization. So um, that's, that's how I focus on, on mission, is really through um, defining ourselves by our programming.
2: Our uh, mission is is to bring new vitality to lost or neglected plays and but I think my audience just thinks they like the work we do, and the fact that it 's lost or neglected is is secondary to them, um, but again, in terms of uh, carving out a niche for yourself that that allows you to make a case when when seeking funding that you yeah. are doing something that other people aren 't that you 're filling. Uh, a need, uh, and you're filling it, uh, hopefully, uniquely. Um, uh, it's, it's important. And, and the press helps to create that identity. So we, you know, so we promote our mission to the press, and then the press restates it when they discuss our work, and then we can quote that you know, in our funding proposals. But I don't think the audience cares.
3: Now, our mission is m- kind of complicated because we produce plays by women, and that's what we started doing. But the aesthetic has evolved, and I, and I feel much more strongly about that now. So I'm more interested as an artist and an artistic director in the work. People like to put the mission on you about the women thing. We just, again, sort of want to come, you know, they're good plays. You're going to come because they're good plays. It's a good thing to produce women, sure, but really it's, you know, it's always about the work. We have a similar aesthetic kind of to Sarah's in that we're interested in a more heightened um, kind of work that can also only be seen in the theater. And, and, you know, every day we're not thinking about the women thing. We're kind of thinking about how can this be the best play it can be. And also in terms of serving artists, it's only going to help them if people leave the theater saying, well, that was a great play. So, we have really um, – y- um, th- you know, and the press also will read something into that, so we actually try to take that part of the mission away from the press, so that they just look at the work um, standing alone and not this sort of other part of our mission, which it's our mission to, you know, push these artists forward, and they're only going to be pushed forward if the work is just about the work and really good. So it becomes more complicated then mission can sometimes get in the way of what
4: you <laughs> kind of want to do. Yeah, I mean, we, we also are sort of flexible in our mission, because we, we, we are primarily a, a theater that does new, new American playwrights and new American plays, and we try to nurture playwrights, and we try to bring them along. We do a lot of developmental work. Um, and, but we also <laughs> sort of reserve that little, that little space where we can, you know, bring in a play that is not going to get done here if we don't do it. And there's, uh, there have been plays all along uh, mm-hmm. throughout our history <laughs> where we've just turned around and done. We did a play by Larchenoyen last year, who is a very, very highly performed playwright in Europe, and no one even knows who he is in, in America, and we felt like that was an important piece of the puzzle to, to to do, to sort of bring along some of these. And we've done, uh, we almost did, <laughs> we talked about doing Blasted a couple <laughs> years back, <laughs> because no one, it seemed like oh, no one wow, was going to yeah. do it. So huh. thank you for doing that, because I th- it's, a, it's a great play, and, and it should be you know done, in, and it was, wasn't getting production. So we'll do that from time to time, but primarily it it, I, I, it does, I mean, you know, missions are about, in a way, grants and about trying to, you do. You do have. A, you do have. Want to have a sort of a primary personality, I think, to the company. I mean, people. I mean, I. I know if I'm going to come to the Mint, I'm what sort of, I, I'm coming there because I want to see precisely what Jonathan is doing. You know, as did it with with everyone else here, and, and so, I think there's a there's a there's a part of that which which makes a lot of sense. But you're always trying to sort of create some elbow room. And yeah. within that,
2: you I, I actually—I'm I, not. You know, <laughs> know I, I mean, I, f- I, I think that it, it's a very—it's it, a you know—it's a valuable management tool. It's a you know—it's a—it's a real. I mean, it's like the spine of a play when you're directing. If you—you, you, you well, there are three different possible interpretations, but only one supports my understanding of the play, and so therefore, it's easy to make the choice between three seemingly viable options. And so I, I find that that um, adhering to the mission with some scruple just makes it easier for me to make decisions about what we do and don't do.
3: But there was a f- um, an evolution to your discovering what that was. Absolutely. And I think that that story Absolutely. is a, such an interesting story. And, and I know that, um, the thing that always makes it interesting and yet difficult for me to talk about what we do is that I feel like that evolution is continually ongoing. In fact, it's the only thing that keeps me going, and if there wasn't that kind of discovery, and if we weren't able to have some sort of shifting flexibility, as you say yeah, all the time, yeah, then you know it w- I would just <laughs> p- <laughs> out. I <laughs> have <be> no reason <laughs> to do it anymore. Yeah. And it's it's and especially when you're working with artists and. Not as you are, but as we are, as very new artists, you know, you're discovering something new all the time, and the discovery is the point. So you really hope that um, that you can kind of foster that. And the only way I can foster it is through staying flexible myself. And and I feel like that's sort of a point with small theaters is that um, there's something kind of wonderful about about having this sort of nimbleness where, A, you're maybe slightly more under the radar, or, or there's just there not so much at stake that you can't take that chance, and that you can't um, continually kind of stretch the boundaries of what it is you're supposed to be doing.
0: Many of you at this table were the founders of your organization, or the co-founders. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how, what led to the founding of
4: – Well, in my case, uh, it's, it's – uh, I was a playwright. Uh, I say was I still am, but but I <laughs> <laughs> it's become much harder to to, to sort of to, to balance all that stuff, but we originally uh, I, we, I, my there was a group of seven playwrights that were actually meeting and, and reading each other 's plays and and those meetings almost inevitably broke down into this was fifteen years ago, and when actually there was a real you could really state a case that very little new work was being done and so those meetings always broke down into a lot of people griping. And I, after about a f- – you know, I, you can only take so much of that. <laughs> 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 so I said, at some point, I said, well, let's just, so let's just let's make a company and start it ourselves. And we, and we sort of – we were sort of – what, what 13P is right now, we, we sort of were that originally. We'd, there were seven of us, and we, and we just did each other's plays for the first couple of years, and we just sort of figured things out. And then at a certain point – you have to sort of decide whether okay now we, we we'd we'd gotten a little bit of a reputation as a company, and you sort of have to decide okay now are we a company and are we now supporting new work and what's our mission and all all those questions come up and at that point we decided uh, that we yeah we would be a company and we would support new not just the seven of us but you know whoever came our way and uh, so the person that, that that founded the company with me Gary Botesorte and myself we said, like, we put it to a vote, and everyone said, yeah, yeah, let's do that. And then immediately, f- the other five left.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, so that's the origin of, 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 the, of a company, in a sense. Uh, the two that, that stayed on really, you know, were interested in, in, in nurturing and going on and doing that. And uh, so, in, in a nutshell, that's our, that's our story. <laughs> and you, you founded yes. your organization.
3: I did. Yeah. Um, I was an actor. And the genesis of our organization was really, as so many smaller theaters are, was really so that we could work. And it seemed like if it could work, if we wanted good parts, plays by women might have them. And, um, and I really had no – I didn't know anything about new work. I had never been in a new play. I would never even thought about new plays. I was looking for plays to do and couldn't find any. Um, and I just sort of thought, well, there must be playwrights who are like me, who are thinking about the same things. And how do I find them? And so I kind of set out on this journey to find them. Found it. Oddly difficult, and it seemed like there wasn't. They didn't know each other. You know, once I met one playwright, I thought she would know everybody, and then they would they would really have some kind of a grouping. And, and this was in the very early '90s, in '91 and '92, and. Um, that just didn't seem to exist. So eventually, what happened was our, our company really evolved toward becoming that community and toward um, people really knowing each other and doing a lot of fixing up playwrights with directors and, and things like that, as well as producing. We produced a lot in the first two years. And there was a similar sort of starting out with a lot of people and people falling away and the crazy person who really wanted to keep going, continuing, and just going blindly into the future, um, which I think is in some ways necessary. And the acting fell away somewhere along there, became a playwright after knowing the playwrights. But but we actually took some time off off from producing after the first few years, because it was just so daunting and it was so hard to find an audience. And this community thing wasn't happening, because there were so many artists, and we just wanted to get to know them and, and and develop their work. And I realized there was this thing called development, both for plays and artists. And so we founded this workspace called The Room and started doing things there. And that became much more comfortable, and it kind of um, became much more the company I wanted to be a part of and, um, and, and the community that I wanted to be a part of. And so that's kind of grown from there. And, and obviously, we started producing pretty soon after, because once you start working on plays, you have plays to produce, yeah. and you <laughs> have things that you want to see. Um, but it's, it's been long and slow, but also good. We're still here.
2: I'm not the founder <laughs> of cement, right. of but I, I'm The author of the mission. So you know there there was a you know an entity that was the mint that I uh, that was founded by a fellow I went to school with um, uh, many years ago, and and he started the company in the early '90s, and I got involved a little bit later, and um, and ultimately there was a transition, and then it took um, as, as Susan was referring to it took. It wasn't until 99, really, that we kind of committed to the mission of Lost or Neglected plays.
1: Yeah, and I'm the fourth artistic director, so I'm very far from <laughs> 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 being the, the, the founder. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. And who are your audiences?
1: Oh, well, we're really lucky in that we have a really young audience. Um, about 75 percent of our audience is under 40. Um, so. Yeah, that's kind of our I, – I mean, our base is, um, is growing, and what we're finding now, which is great, is that we're able to retain audiences that, you know, come down for one show who haven't been to the theatre before, they, they now keep coming back, which is really exciting. So, yeah, that's kind of our, our base.
4: Yeah, I, I, th- I kind of feel like our audiences are the same, or the s- very yeah, similar and that definitely. we also have a, younger, a much younger audience. And we we tend I think uh, like Soho Rep we I think we tend to take chances we take t- we tend to have plays that are sort of in your face a little bit and we tend to, t- to do this as a kind of work which is um, challenging and so so there's a certain kind of audience that we're actually after in a in a way and, and we certainly want a younger audience and uh, although n- even that's not so important because it's just it's about there are lots of younger audiences over 60 you know in a sense because because uh-huh. they're interested in the work that we're yeah. doing and i think primarily because we're in, so we're sort of playwright centric and we're all, we're looking more at playwrights than we are at audiences in a sense and so we're always constantly saying what play needs to be done and then and then sort of trying to figure out okay what audience is going to come and see that play but but we do have a base like you we have a yeah. base of people who are sort of interested uh, in in a way, that, like the old Circle rep used to have, that there were people who wanted to come and see who was new, who was interesting, who was working, what's what that kind of thing So
1: you, you so don't we, have subscription, right? We do have subscription. Oh,
4: subs- you yeah, do? Yes, okay. we do, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah our audience is flipped, except that we're probably more than 75 percent over 40. <laughs> 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 and, you know, and our audiences are hardcore theatre-goers. I mean, you know, they're – I th- think that by and large, they're the people who are going five times a month and, and upwards, and, um, and we're just in the loop of things that, that people who want to stay on top of everything that's going on, you know, they include us. We, um, you know, I feel the same way that, that David was describing, is that, you know, our programming decisions are based on the plays, the what play needs to be done, not what does the audience want to see. You know, I'm confident that... Um, that audience will turn out. Um, you know, we have a core, but we don't sell a subscription. We don't obligate anybody to see anything that they're not inclined to see, and um, uh, and you know, we and we don't study demographics because it it doesn't really matter to us. It, you know, the important thing is is to do the plays that you feel passionate about and uh, communicate your passion and. Uh, and an audience will respond to that, or the right audience will respond to that and turn out.
3: Yeah, we're also very artist-focused. And, and really, it's only in the last couple of years that we've had time to even think about the audience coming in. But since then, we've been working harder. We've experienced a lot more retention. And they're also younger audience, probably similar.
0: Do you mentioned you have uh, subscription subscribers. Yeah. Do you, none of the we, rest of you do? Have you talked about it? And what are the advantages of having them and not having them.
3: We, d- we don't really have the human resources to handle subscribers. And also, I feel very much like Jonathan does about people making a decision to come and see individual projects. And we're so project-based in the way we work generally. And, that, and we're really trying to make a separate kind of event out of each project under our rubric um, every time that it almost doesn't make sense to us to work seasonally and try to connect them in that
4: yeah, way? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I mean, when, we, when we started subscribers, um, it was more because people came to us and said, <coughs> you know, can we just, get, can we just, <laughs> just have a, a subscription? I mean, we're coming <laughs> yeah. all the time anyway. And, and we've never pushed it. I think that's the, I think the difference is yeah. that we don't push it at all. It's, it's never been something that we've gone – because I think that's right, that your plays are – especially with us, we're very eclectic. And we are, we are, you know, because we're doing, we're looking at at playwrights and trying to find just a voice and and talent. We're never looking at, you know, I think with subscribers, the tendency is that you're going to want to do the same play over and over again. I think that, subscri- you know, to a certain extent, there's a subscriber who wants to come and see the same, you know, play. Yeah, I think I oh, or to the contrary,
2: actually, Gosh. I think you could make the case that the that that if you are programming a season meant. To look good on a brochure, you're oh, yeah. creating false true, uh, yeah. distinctions. You know, you you you. I'm able to to, to, to do even. another play like the last one if I choose to, yes. without worrying right. about this. Right.
4: Yeah, it's true. Though you do, you do. I mean, I put together seasons year after year, and it's it is. There is a certain amount of of that 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 plays into it. I can't help it. I mean, right.
3: But I think um, all those things are changing as well. And I think even the larger theaters are seeing more single ticket buyers, more people who are deciding that day and are looking at the subscription model and and saying, "I think you can't "Eh?" rely on it." Yeah. And so we're kind of lucky. We never worked that way, so we can sort of pull back from that even further and really make a case for everything specifically in, in ways that are creative and kind of fun. For us to do, Right. and we yeah. don't always mm-hmm. even know our whole season before we start yeah. out, which is also fun for us. We try oh, it's to plan our
4: season now. <laughs> 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 but we're also at, a, at, a, at an odd juncture in our history, and that is that, that, that you know the playwrights that we started with 15 years ago are now they're, they're, mm-hmm. they're now at a point in their careers where they really, sh- in a sense, there's a, you could make a case and say well. Rattlestick shouldn't be doing them anymore, but, but they keep coming back. I mean, next season, we're doing an Adam Rapp play, a Lucy Thurber play, no doubt, a Craig Wright play. And, and I'm beginning to – we're sort of at a, at a little crisis here, because we're feeling like, okay, you know, in terms of that mission that you brought up earlier, what, what – so are we – you know, how do we figure this out? How do we continue to have to, yeah. you know, if these playwrights, who we've supported all their careers, and they keep coming back and say, yeah, but we don't, don't give up, you know, don't stop. How do, we, how do we sort of juggle the two sides of that? How do we, you know, how do we – and I'm sure that, you know – and you guys have, have playwrights you've done over and over again.
1: Certainly, so Melissa James Gibson. Yeah. Um, and we worked with Young Jean Lee in the past, and we're, um, we've commissioned and are producing a show of hers next season. Um, so there's definitely some, you know, some folks in there who've Right, um, right.
3: Yeah, I find that really yeah. complicated, because there's so little room, and there's so many people, and there is an mm-hmm. evolution. And I wonder about codifying the sort of older friends and the newer, like, how that should become more of a programmatic thing to make sure that happens, or whether we sort of take it piece by piece. Or, it's a big question for us.
4: Yeah, yeah it's a yeah. question. I mean, we're actually now, at the, in the, in the, in, for the first time, actually looking at, at, at uh, you know, making a, having a second theatre. So that we can do the, the Adam Raps and the Craig Wrights over there, the Second mm-hmm. Theater, and, the, and and keep our our little ninety-nine place, you know, t- concentrating on the on the new new voices, younger writers, and, and it's kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, you know, not a good time to be doing it, yeah. <laughs> 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 because uh, you know the uh, finances are getting very very tough. But but so we're looking at partner partnership kind of things, and yeah. we're going to partner up with the Barrow Street Theater, for instance, next season, and doing like, a couple shows there. And, and tried it. So, so we're going and we're also adding a theater in San Francisco. Believe it or not, we're actually going to do two shows a year out there to, to enable us to, to do you know to again to, to try to find sort of weird and new locations <laughs> to, to help playwrights to get a show up with that you know otherwise it w- wouldn't be done. So we're sort of at a juncture right now, trying to figure out how to you know how to k- expand and, and still keep the mission intact in a way, but still do all these
0: you know, the projects that we want to do. David, I think it was you who mentioned earlier the fact that you all have lower ticket prices and smaller theatres, and so you can only bring in a fixed amount of money from ticket sales. And obviously you all have ambitious projects, like a theatre in San Francisco. How do you make that work?
1: We don't rely—we don't bank on ticket sales. Um, So it's great when, you know, shows do sell, as, you know, as we're lucky that they often do, but we don't, you know, factor it in as being a big piece of the pie. Um, and yeah, so it's, you know, foundations, government, individuals, and corporate, although that's dwindling. Mm. Seriously. It's It's, it's, it's like dwindle. Dwindle. <laughs> <laughs> It's dwindled. But it is a little <laughs> bit
4: like putting together a portfolio, you know? You have to, yeah, you have to sort yeah. of figure out, you know, we try to, I mean, uh, <laughs> what we try to do is always is a third from, from box office, and a third from private support, and a third from foundations and corporations. Uh, and we've been pretty successful at sort of creating mm-hmm. that 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 blend uh, year yeah. after year. Uh, but obviously, at this point, are now we're looking to see because we need to jumpstart some some new programs. And now, yeah. so, so now you can't do you know. So the box office is going to sort of lag behind for a little while until we can sort of yeah. put these things together. But um, yeah. we've been fortunate in finding some some people outside of of normal sort of channels to to come in and, and help us with shows and things. But um, on the other hand, we just, there were three donors we had from last year who, who don't even have jobs this <laughs> year, so, yeah. so who are all worked for Lehman Brothers. And so, you know, it's, I, it's the next couple of years are going to be very interesting uh, in terms of trying to sort of see where the sport's going to come from, how you're going to, you know, how how you bring money in, et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah. um, I don't know. It's get, it gets tougher every year, and uh, I don't know.
3: Yeah,
4: I don't. I yeah. Would, <laughs> I don't you know I reject the notion that our
2: ticket prices are actually lower. I wish they you know they might be, but they aren 't y- you know in terms of the people that I consider to be my peers the you know my off broadway brothers and sisters uh, um, and uh, and in fact so we have a top ticket price of fifty five dollars and you know and and you know the competition then is the forty seven dollar Broadway offer that y- you know that 's coming into everybody 's email box mm-hmm. and um, so I think you know, on that level, it's pretty flat, um, and uh, I the number of seats for us hasn't really been an, a liability in terms of income because it's offset by you have to do less promotion to f- fill your theater. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I think, I- in fact, the supply-demand equation works pretty well for us at 100 seats that that our marketing costs are considerably lower than they would be if we were in a 200 seat right. theater. That's interesting.
1: Right. Cause we, we we don't use the supply demand thing at all. We talk we we just had this huge conversation about it because we had this show that people were like prepared to pay anything for basically. Right. Um but we felt strongly that I don't yeah, I don't know if this is what you're meaning but just you know, trying to kind of find what i I'm not
2: talking about ratcheting up ticket no, prices no, 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 when you no, have a hit, <laughs> <laughs> although, you know, no. <laughs> why not? Uh,
4: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but well. yeah, it's, it's a really interesting kind of balance.
2: I um, mean, we've had shows that, you know, that have been very successful, and, and it is fascinating that at the end of the phone call, mm-hmm. they say, oh, by the way, after having given you their credit card number and expiration date, they say, oh, by the way, how much is it? You know, and th- where the price is just irrelevant, and uh, um, yeah, but but what I'm talking about in terms of supply and demand is is just I think that um, I think that a l- there are a lot of theaters that are too big, and they create problems for me in in, right. in the sense that so they're they're giving away tickets mm-hmm. or or uh, doing dramatic discounting just to try to get a credible house. You know, to to get up to, because they have 200 seats and they can sell 100 of them, but they need another 50 so that the house doesn't look pathetic, and and um, and that that um, so the really savvy theater goer knows that well, you just don't have to pay to see theater in New York. So that's what I'm talking about in terms of supply and demand that we we can <coughs> there's. The supply and demand are fairly well-balanced at 100 seats. Yeah. There, are, you know, there are enough people who will buy tickets.
4: Yeah. And it allows you to take the chances that you, that you do. I mean, it allows you to sort of choose the play you want to play and just, and just put it on. Because yeah. you can do that fearlessly, in a sense. Because even if you're only going to get 30 for that particular play, it's OK. Whereas if you've got that two hundred seat theater, it's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that, and then, and then that the two the hundred seat theater also then starts to actually impact on what ch- plays you're going to choose because you're also thinking, oh, I can't afford to have a play put a play up that's only going to run in front of thirty people. Now, <laughs> not in that theater. I mean, those are the thought, I mean, I'm having these thoughts because I'm now looking yeah. at that at that whole thing and thinking about, you know, we've always run in a 99 seat theater and we've always just done the plays we we've, we felt like we should do, and now. Um, but you know, the, but the 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 this, the other side of that is is that, for me anyway, I need that box office support. I, I'm going to need that more and more, and I'm going to need you know, it's a, it's it's definitely a fundraising tool. And and when you have a play like Blasted. You know, it's it's you know. I feel like you know, it's not a p- terrible thing to sort of milk it a little bit because you know. I would suggest it.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, we've, you know, I think the like the ideal pricing structure is like you know, yeah. like one dollar to a thousand dollars, so that you know, it it is really accessible, but people who can pay more.
4: Right. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, I'm exaggerating, I mean, we do, but we did,
4: like you, you know, we student discounting and all that kind of stuff. To and we started
1: to doing this 99 cent Sunday right. as like an extreme which is a great experiment idea. in that, mm. and um, yeah, it's been really, it's it's just been great, you know. Um, but they're now blasting the extension. We're charging 55 and 65 dollars,
4: which yeah. well, you know, it's good. I mean, I, I mean, <laughs> uh, have, yeah, because bec- and it's b-
3: selling out. But yes. Yes. the other audience yeah. sort of had their chance, and I, and yeah. I feel like it's there's like something we, about we had the
1: 99 cents, we had the $20 tickets, right. we have a $30 right. ticket. So and I think that that's the know. reason to
3: keep it low. Even yeah. when you've been on contract, you've kept it low because that exactly. we know who our audience is and what it. they want to pay. That's important. When um, yeah. well,
2: people you know, come I, in. but— I found I, that that there were people who would not buy a $19 ticket that if they saw a $19 ticket,
1: that 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 affects man, that perception that, of the That's not that, yes. so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that,
2: so that <laughs> was Happily.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. that okay. we,
2: so that when we, you know, f- had our first right. $35 ticket, there was a whole new audience right. that was willing to consider coming to our right. theater. Right. And they also have, you know, then the capacity to no. make larger That's contributions. True. But I That's feel like right. there's also a
3: contextualization that you can create for both your ticket price and people walk in their theater that you... That you, where you want people to understand what it is. And I, and I feel like there's so much of that that, um, that that we have to do generally about telling people what it is we do, why we do it, why we do it, where we do it, why we move around, why the play is weirder, um, and that that kind of um, is, is an interesting part of the job and that once people hook in, then they feel like there's something really special going on and then they, they might be more willing to experiment with other smaller
1: And once they also understand what goes into making a show and what it actually costs, I mean, I'm sure it's the same for you guys or all of us. You know, the, the show's costing just on production budget with a small number of seats per seat per night. Um, we worked it out once. Yeah. It was like $80 or something, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if we were yeah. to yeah. charge. No, yeah. Yeah. no absolutely. Yeah. Just yeah. on and production the budget, yeah. and and not on overheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah that, that, which And is is I wide. think if people understand what, you know, right. the yeah. production values you're putting into no, it, and I find it's it actually yeah. cost, you know? Yeah, yeah and, the, and
4: the sad thing is that we're up against the medium where, you know, <laughs> where they can spend millions and millions of dollars and they can open in 450 theaters and, you know, and do six shows a day and the actors' voices don't get tired. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, so you know, and and we've got that one. That's what I. You know, we have one house per night, one show, one seating. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's it's it makes it very. It's, a, it's you know, it's a black hole. Theater is a is a big black hole in that sense. And so you know, that's why. Hey,
0: milk it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: you know? Make some money. <laughs> you
0: know. <laughs> With smaller production budgets than a larger off-Broadway theatre or a Broadway nonprofit, uh, do you find that your access to uh, the talent pool is limited? And if so, how do you overcome it? Yeah, which talent pool, do you mean? <laughs> well, <laughs> I guess that's my question. What talent pool are you aiming for, yeah. and well, do you find yourself limited by your resources? I, I, I
2: don't think that it, yeah. that is. That you know, the difference between working at my theatre and working at an off-Broadway theatre that's twice as big, it still falls short of a living wage. You know, so the – so, I mean, it does happen that an actor has to make a decision sometimes that comes down to a hundred a week. But mostly they can't – you know, you either can afford to do theatre because you have a – because you just did a commercial or because you just shot an episode of Law and Order, or you just can't afford to do it. Um, and the difference between making three seventy-five and five and a quarter, you know, isn't the determining factor.
3: Mm-hmm. And we do work that people want to do, that artists want to do, and it's so I find that trumps yeah. Yeah. it I think eighty percent exact, of the time. It it's it very rare. Yeah, very rare. Yeah. Even teeny as we are. Yeah, all our products uh,
4: yeah. they they attract the artists, and so, and and you know, each, each our, we we rely on that. You know, we get great – we get terrific uh, talent down there in, that t- in our little theatre. And, and uh, it's because they want to be in those plays. And, and they're willing to do whatever it takes to be in them,
3: you know, so.
1: Yeah. We feel the same. We're, yeah. You know, we're really – we feel really lucky to be able to work with the actors and the designers that, that we do.
3: And it's something so. very intimate, I think, with both the audiences and the artists, where um, w- we're so present. Because we know that it's this small, handcrafted thing that people want to be a part of, because that's the care that's gone into it. And I think that we see as producer, it's very much our job maintaining those relationships and making sure that the relationships are are close and specific and caring. Um, you know, we're at the theater every night to greet the audience, and we're there to greet the greet the artists just as much. And we'll sit around during tech the whole, you know, because we we're making this thing and. We want to make it clear that that's um, that's where our heart is and, and we're on their side and, that, and, and I think that, that both, both of those groups really feel that and that's what I get out of it I mean if I wasn't hanging with the artists there wouldn't be any point <laughs> and if I wasn't there shaking every single person's hand and they came in and making a curtain speech what would be the point I, I want to be present for all these people They're, you know, that's, that's the whole thing um, and, and, so I, and so I feel like the, you know, the difficulties and the things that are small and the money and, and all those things kind of go away when I realize that you know, it's a really special relationship that I get to have with everyone who walks in the door whether they're artists or audiences and there's no corporate thing that's in the way there's there's absolutely nothing in the way it's only this relationship and that that my understanding of what that is has been what's propelled my interest in continuing and what is you know the really the most important thing for me
0: can we also talk a little bit about your relationship with the larger nonprofits how how much back and forth is there Um, do they ca- at all come into play? You mentioned partnerships when, for instance, you have a hit, as uh, SOHO Rep has now with BLASTED. Um, do you find there's an interplay between the two?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of back and forth. Um, you know, I feel like all my colleagues from larger, uh, you know, larger theatres, you know, come and see our work, and, you know, I, I think we're all part of the same conversation, and I think that that's, that's really important. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah.
0: Similarly, do you all act as, can you act as resources for each other in terms of the shows you, how does that work? Well, I acted as a resource for you. I gave you up my actor.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: that's right. <laughs> uh, <but I laughs> you should explain. But,
1: yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the wonderful actor, Reed <laughs> Bernie, who's who's in Blasted, oh, right. was, was also gonna, in, yes, <laughs> <gonna> in <laughs> Stephen geometry. geometry of Fire, which is also <laughs> <a> wonderful <laughs> project. <laughs> and um, yeah, so... <laughs>
4: I, I think we would like. To, I would. I think we would <laughs> like to act as resources for each other, and, and to a certain extent, we do. But I, you know, it's we're all we're all small, and, it, and you
2: we're know, we're all and, small I, and
1: busy. But yes, I and think it's,
4: it's it's
2: not.
1: We, we but it the one thing can. that's true
2: is that we're not competitive. I mean, it, we, the, I yeah. don't. I, I yeah. mean, anybody yeah. who looks right. at a colleague as a competitor is wrong. <laughs> yeah. And I think
1: there's yeah. a lot of, like, uh, yeah. script-sharing yeah. and that kind of thing that I don't know about yes. you guys, but, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, we've certainly yeah. had a lot of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even if
3: it's God. not really specific, the community, uh, you know, again, it. I still wouldn't be here if I didn't know yeah. other people who are going through the same exactly. thing. And the phone calls, and the mentoring, and yeah. the uh, off-the-record mentoring, and, the, exactly. and just knowing each other, running into each other, is, is uh, in, or going to a show and knowing a kind of people, that it's so important. Yeah. And it's so important to know you have colleagues, because otherwise… It'd be too hard.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And so yeah. you you presumably found a you found another actor. For yes. Yes, it was okay. Yes, <laughs> so. it was okay.
4: Although you Very know we 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 start the show on Saturday and it went, you know we actually lost Reed uh, a week. They they couldn't make up their minds.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: so oh God, so don't make
1: We, me feel we any lost it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> 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 we, we were a week <laughs> into rehearsals before we, we had to replace
0: Reed, so that would that. that We're a little, okay, we've got a show on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) So obviously that means you all work with many of the same actors. Yes, yes, yeah,
5: absolutely.
0: Yeah, yeah. and there's, because there's a
4: core of actors in New York who are, you know, who are terrific theater actors and who are dedicated to the theater and who want to be there and, you know, who also supplement that by doing the movies and doing TV appearances and so forth. but. You know, there's a, there's a real, real, true group of, of terrific, terrific theatre actors in New York, which sort of go a little bit unheralded, but um, are, you know, are amazing, you know, amazing presences on stage. And so I think we all sort of share in that.
1: Absolutely.
0: Tell me about your current real estate situation and what the advantages and disadvantages <laughs> are. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: Real estate. (laughs) (laughs) Who wants
4: to
1: answer that one? Well, we were founded in 75, Mm -hmm. and we've been in our current space on Walker Street since 91. Um, We have a wonderful, amazing landlord who um, gives us a a terrific deal, way below market value, which is literally the only thing that's enabled us to to exist and continue in that space. Um, You know, I think long-term, there is... You know, there's there's certainly questions about the, you know, our, our our production values and the artists we're working with is constantly growing, and you know that there is a sense of disparity between the the state of the space and and the work. Um, but we've been lucky enough to get some grants to make some uh, improvements to the space uh, and equipment upgrades and all of that. So right now we're staying we're staying put. And I think it's just a longer-term sort of back burner question um, that's, that's always part of the um, conversations. So yeah.
0: S- specifically uh, for you, Sarah, yeah. what are the advantages of moving around as you do?
3: Um, we love moving around. We um, call it happily transient. Um, mainly because, as I said, you know, we're very project-based. And we like to think.
0: Actually, can you tell us a little bit about some of the theaters that sure. uh, and why they were good for various yeah, projects absolutely. that you had recently?
3: Um, well, we did a play called Dead City by Sheila Callahan, which was a New York City adaptation of Ulysses, and it took place all around New York City. And it was supposed to have all this video. Um, and I found, and we developed it for about two years, and I found out about halfway through that time that Three LD, Three Legged Dog, was opening this new space in way lower Manhattan with all this video capacity. So we were the first residents of that theatre, and there's just no way that we could have produced this gigantic, enormous play, which when I read, it just seemed like production challenge, um, without, having, without being able to be in that enormous space with the seven video Projectors that they provided us with this residency there. And so we've worked there. Um, we've, we did a very expansive and big play, God's Era, at the 13th Street Theater, which is CSC's home. So that was, those, were, those were two of the bigger projects that we've done. And it was just amazing to be able to give artists what they needed um, and to kind of look at... I, I sort of, when we sit down and we look at a play and we really want to... We do a lot of plays that are very design-heavy, that don't take place in living rooms and are not very neat. They're big and messy, and those are the kinds of plays that we like. So the theater space has so much to do with the way the, the production ultimately is going to come out, and it's exciting to get to sit down, and sometimes it's frustrating because there are so few spaces left in the city, but it's exciting to get to sit down and actually have a conversation about the architecture as much as a conversation about the play, and hopefully if everything works out right and if we start, you know, well enough in advance to find a space that's, perfect for that piece we work in the ohio theater a lot and that's always like coming home for us we've done the play we have coming up in our last production at the living theater which has in brand new theater on the lower east side which is kind of fun and why is so that, that a good fit for
0: this particular production for, that's was coming p- up
3: production that we're doing yeah. um it's um we're doing this play called hillary a modern great tragedy with a somewhat happy ending mm-hmm. um and and this this is not like our biggest like this is a fit and Match necessarily with the space, um, but it is a very kind of enclosed space that allows um, the 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 simplicity of this kind of Greek thing that's going on to be all that's there. I think I think it's gonna gonna fit in nicely because there's an intimacy with it, and because it, you're not like filling something cavernous with something that's meant to be pretty simple. Um, and it has these columns. It has these kind of amazing. Um, gray, plain concrete columns, which with both of the shows that we've done there, get to have a really big part in the show. So again, there's architecturally something that already is very resonant, and I feel like the set design um, that Lauren Halpern has designed um, really goes with what's already there in terms of finding a color scheme and and, having this Greek thing going on
0: they are also, I'm sure, uses to staying in one place like for a <laughs> Jonathan, your audience <laughs> yeah, where they're they're going. know where they're <laughs> coming. <laughs> they, <laughs> exactly. the people know where they're going, <laughs> and they
2: um, and there's their sense of. I mean, they identify the place with their feelings about the place, and you know, and and um, and the sense of home. You know, we have it, and but also artistically. Um, you as you get to know a space you know you you learn how to make the best use Mm -hmm. of it and it's great to be able to learn you know from one show and apply that lesson to the next or maybe not to the next but to one three years later that's right so there are a lot of advantages
4: yeah you start to get a sense of what shows are going to work well in that space after yeah. a while and and, and and again though that does it does impact a little bit on what your choices are because like we 'll do a sheila we 're doing a Sheila Callahan play and, uh, next after the after the Stephen Belber, and you know the the play that i really of course I liked this play tremendously of hers, but but I also felt like well that 's a play we could really do well for her in this in our space and and so that you know the, there there's other Sheila Callahan plays i 've looked at where I felt like I don't know that we could do, you know, the best yeah. theater to do that that play of hers, and so we, there's a certain amount of that that you t- that, that sort of plays into it. I think for Jonathan, though, I mean, he just he's he does whatever he wants. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I,
2: um, I have never said uh, we can't do this play in our space. I've occasionally said, uh, I hope I'm not doing a disservice to <laughs> this play by doing it in our space, um, but. You know, the alternative is it doesn't get done, so, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Just,
4: yeah. we just – And we're, we're tackling a huge thing in the, in the in next fall where, where we're actually going to put on a trilogy of plays. I don't know how we're doing it, actually. <laughs> <but> <laughs> 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 Honestly, I mean, we're doing – Adam Rapp is writing a trilogy. So it's, it's all world premieres as a special. Be, we're doing our 15th season next year, so it's a, like a big deal for us. And – so Adam is writing us uh, three plays, and, and they're all in representative They're it's ten actors, which I don't even know how we can fit them into our dressing room. <laughs> uh, and it's and it's you know so it'd be like a Tuesday night one show, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and each play is fifty years apart. They take place in the same room, but it's all each one is so nineteen fifty three, two thousand three, and then and two thousand fifty three. And which means it's going to be a huge uh, project in terms of trying to fit, you know, the the, trying to figure out how we're even changing the stage on a nightly basis, all the costumes, where they're going (laughs) to store them, all that kind of stuff. And and so that's for us. That's that we're really going to stretch. our limits in, in doing a project like that. Ordinarily, we would, it, it, we're, we'll, we'd try to stick the projects around six actors <laughs> <laughs> at max, and so, so which we can afford but more, you know, than this ten-actor thing. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Well, we do ten all the time. Yes, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think about that. <laughs> How can you do that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Actually, last year, we did two shows, with both with 14. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're well you the know, older we're ways we're, too, are you? Yeah, know, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You're that that yeah, i it's I, I can't decide that I'm gonna that I need to play with six actors. You know what I have found is that um, since we do rely perhaps more than you have expressed on ticket income, um, you know I I'd like it to be about fifty percent of our overall budget, which is a uh, little over a million. Um, and sometimes it's less than that, but mm, yeah. um, the only way that I am confident that I can sell tickets is if I do plays that I'm confident <laughs> are worth doing. And you, know, and, and you just have to set aside the economic mm-hmm. considerations, in the, in, in the sense if you, when you pick a play that is cheaper to do but not as good, you won't sell as many tickets. It's, mm-hmm. you know, that, That's clear to me, mm-hmm. that, that people buy tickets to good plays. Yes.
4: Yes.
3: I think that's a really scary thing um, coming up, especially I'm very interested in scope, and we've been trying, you know, with projects like Dead City to be bigger, to feel like there's more scope, to feel like I don't see scope on the stage, and all I want to see is something that's big and excites me. And And if you want to do the thing
2: that, you know, that can only be done on (laughs) the stage, and yet it's one set, two characters, you know. It's hard. It's (laughs) hard. It's Yeah. Yeah.
3: So we're starting early with the design thing, and, and I think that. It's it's a big question. Being as small as we are, going into the current, who knows what is is. How to, you know does it mean the subject matter has to be more scopeful or more actors or something else? That because I think real estate is a big question. Um, yeah. Going into that, and if we have to work in smaller theaters or if the bigger theaters no longer exist, because you know that's our biggest question is will the theater be there next year? Um, you know, it's, a, it's a scary <laughs> for the mm-hmm. small theater with the big ambitions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. You know. With marketing and advertising costs as high as they are, how do you find uh, how do you find your audiences? How do you reach them?
1: We, um, I'm kind of obsessed with marketing and communication, just in you know not just in terms of selling tickets, but in talking about what we do. And so that's kind of how we approach marketing. Um, it does obviously impact sales, but we really try and focus on communicating what we do to people. Um, So we don't take out that many ads, just because you know, as you say, the cost is prohibitive. Um, So we do a lot more sort of grassroots type stuff. Does the
0: internet play a big role for? Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely. We we've been doing a lot more um, internet internet based. and more sort of video, interactive, that kind of that kind of stuff. Um, and also, we do a lot of postering, a lot of flyering, all that kind of thing, um, which we found really, really effective. So, yeah, we do take out some ads, but not, not a ton.
2: I don't think marketing is effective for reaching an audience at all. I, I think you you know you build an audience, <laughs> exactly. and then you communicate yeah. with them. Yeah. And then the people who are not part of your audience, I they don't respond. To ads or flyers or or emails or anything, um, and uh, I mean they're not responding to advertising. They're responding to word of mouth, no. to recommendations yeah. of their friends, right. to reviews. But efforts that we have made to try to get new people into the theater uh, to make a commitment in advance of say. An opening or any press or any performances have uh, the last couple of years just fallen entirely flat. So we, I mean, we use flyering to e- e- and emails and whatnot to get our existing audience to purchase tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But strangers aren't buying tickets on the basis of, of <laughs> internal communications.
1: We tried something this time with Blasted where we did like, uh, you know, an advance. Buy, and we ended up like selling it out before we o- even open, which was which was i mean we have a tiny house, but I think definitely doing more of the kind of advanced stuff our audience seems to be responding to yeah and we do that,
2: system. but we 're doing it it 's really focused on the audience
4: that
1: yeah.
2: has already been identified as, yeah. as having yeah. come yeah. to the mint
4: and, yeah. and interested in that 's exactly right I mean, I mean everything that we do is 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 in a sense, it's it's all internet, but it's all it's all it's it's ba- trying to just build the word of mouth about whatever yeah. play that we're doing, and it's yeah. not it's not it's rarely. I mean, the the problem that we're I mean we're we're all small, and the advertising kind of budgets that that you're up against yeah. are crazy. I mean, we're looking, you know, and people are sort of used to Nike money, you know, yeah. they're used to having <laughs> <a> four, 140 <laughs> hits before they even uh, – oh, there's a sneaker. <laughs> oh.
5: <laughs> you know, and we can't – there's
4: no way that we can even try to match that. So I think that, that you're always looking for a way to go. I mean, we had some success, for instance, with Sliga, where we did these very, very, very funny videos and just put them on YouTube. And we had a huge response to that, and we we sold that show out just on these some some interviewing Mary Louise Burke. But we don't have Mary <laughs> Louise Burke to interview on every show,
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know. And, and so so um, you know, it's it, it's show by show, and I think that's the tricky part. It's very much show by mm. show, and yeah. it's very much about whatever that specific show brings, to, and and you're trying to sort of. Figure out, okay, how, how do I sh- sell this particular show?
1: I think that's show, true. I think know? it's also becoming more and more about cross pollination and cross marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, the next show we're doing is a co production with Page 73 Production. So we're really drawing on how do we, you know, talk to both our audiences and cross promote and really, yeah.
3: You know, from show to show it's not only that they're different projects, but I feel like especially with the internet, things wear out so quickly that you have to be on top of the next I- like if all my friend theater companies send a blast this year, next year it's not gonna be effective any longer. And I feel like I'm cycling through the marketing thingies faster than things. <laughs> <laughs> Facebook, it's over. You know, it's uh, yeah. Serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes.
0: In uh, terms of programming, is there any material you wouldn't do, or any material that you find you can't get, that you maybe have interest in?
2: Usually uh, the first, you know, th- when, when I'm dealing with a rights holder, um, the, you know, the first thing is, is uh, there's this play, and they say, is there? I say, yeah, look in the basement, <laughs> <laughs> really. <Yeah. laughs> I, 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 I'm sure you own it, and <laughs> I'd like to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, and
3: really? Mm-hmm. You want to do it? Great." Yeah. I have too many things, and too many people who want me to do them. exactly. Wrong. There's such a
4: wealth of oh, – yeah, so, so yeah. yeah,
3: It's so hard.
4: There's a ton of projects in the, in the sort of development, yeah. you know, that's the line, problem. yes, that
0: you've got. There's right, like yes. six
1: shows that I'm ready to program right now, but we just don't have the space, you yeah. know? We don't have the yeah. space in our season four. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you think that theatres your size are the last best hope for new playwriting and emerging playwrights? Mm-hmm
1: coming from the UK and being over here, I think there's just, like, a wealth of amazing new American playwriting here right now. Um, and I, I I feel pretty optimistic about the future of, of new writing here. So I think it, you know, it is all of us. But, I th- you know, I think the larger institutions are also responding yeah. to that. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think it's a really exciting time for American playwriting.
2: Well, and the larger institutions are now... Opening smaller theaters. I mean, the roundabout is yeah. there, yeah. you know, yeah. Lincoln like yeah. Center, they're both yeah, right. opening their 99 seat
4: spaces or
3: yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. to, to right, do Try to accommodate work. that, yeah. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. We've been good models.
3: Yes.
5: <laughs> <laughs> do
0: you want okay. to be bigger than you are ever?
3: Maybe a little bigger. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I, I mean, I, 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 we
4: are since we're, since we're actually looking at that question right now. The answer, the answer is not really, but but y- y- there's also a sort of a a model of what's successful that you you have to pay attention to. And, and in America, the model of success is you get bigger, and and so there's a certain that plus there are certain plays and playwrights now that we that we sort of are our sort of that's our that's our stable. Um, that we know or we can sell 200 seats a night to. And so mm-hmm. if I can, I feel like, well, you know, those plays, maybe we, we have to find a way to, to get those 200 seats a night, because that's also going to help us do those other n- younger playwrights who can't. And so, yes, you, you, I would like to be bigger, but I'd like to be bigger and and, and, and keep my that complete hands-on approach. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's, but, you know, I think that all of us, yeah. what we yeah. like about what we do is that we're... We do it all. We're, we're it's it's great. I mean, you, you, you're it's 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 the ultimate in wish in, in, in wish fantasy, right? You say, "Oh, I'll do will do this play." Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's that's one of the great joys about, about you know you, you're actually working with all the people that, that you're. You know, and that's that's the, the the downside I think of getting bigger is and the scary side of getting bigger for us is 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 okay am I going to be able to now if I'm doing two shows in San Francisco and six shows in New York, which is our ultimate goal. Uh, how much real participation am I going to have in those shows now? You know, and that's the for me that's that's like oh I don't know that's I, I got into this because I liked <coughs> doing the individual hands-on stuff so. To, 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 I don't know. Yeah, the answer, so the question, the, the answer is, who knows? <laughs> I have no idea.
3: That's yeah. no, true. Too and long. I think that you know, it, it, there's a question of, of programmatically whether you get bigger, as you're saying. or I feel like every time we have growth, it just goes into more support of the things that we already do, and every time I feel like, well, this means we're going to do more. It doesn't necessarily. It really means well. Just, let's just make what we do better. And I feel like I, I felt like we were in a growth period, but now you
5: know, <laughs> Not a great. Time
3: for that. But you know, but it, it, it asks different questions. And how can you sort of do what you're doing it in the best way you can? I, I feel like I've been through you know in the last few years. You know, I I, I, f- I understood the growth model wasn't necessarily the model, but you know, but there always are attractions to that. And I feel like I've I've come through sort of a tunnel in terms of who we are and what our size is and how we can um, have the most impact with who we are. And I'm really so much more interested in that now, that, um, that I, I know it's an interesting place. Yeah. You place know, like I, I yeah.
2: I, we've grown substantially in budget size, not in theatre size. But not because we sought it, you know, just because we… Capitalized on opportunities, and I think if you you know if you prioritize growth, right. it probably will cost you something that you don't want to that it you can't afford. So mm-hmm. But you certainly <laughs> want you know nobody's locking the door and saying we don't want any more people, <laughs> or we don't want yeah. any more money.
1: I think it's yeah. a balance between you know size and identity, mm-hmm. and um, you know I think for us we we don't necessarily want more seats, but we'd like to be able to program you know constantly year round. We have the work there to do it, and I think. You know, that's, that's where we would like to grow. Um, and we are growing there. So, you know, I think that's it. But, you know, do we want 300 seats? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> we like being yeah. intimate, and we like yeah. that intense experience of, of going to the theater that um, you get in a small space.
0: All right, and I think that's a great place to end this discussion. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us. These programs are brought to you from the Graduate Center of the City University of New York in partnership with our friends at CUNY TV. On behalf of the American Theatre Wing, I'm Gordon Cox, and thanks for joining us for another
5: edition of Working in the Theatre. I'm Ted Chapin, Chairman of the American Theatre Wing. The Wing has played a vital role in New York's theatrical life for more than 60 years. Best known for creating the Tony Awards, we stand for excellence, but we also support education in the theatre and our work reaches beyond Broadway in New York. The Working in the Theater television programs, which are supported by the Annenberg Foundation and the Dorothy Strelson Foundation, are unequaled forums for discussions with today's most creative artists. Downstage Center's in-depth radio interviews were created in conjunction with XM Satellite Radio and can be heard on our website. Our annual theater company grants support New York not-for-profits, and since they began, have distributed nearly $3 million. We are also pleased to be the home of the Jonathan Larson Grants, which support emerging composers and lyricists. For people who are starting their careers, we have a two-week boot camp for aspiring actors from colleges across the country called Springboard NYC. And our theater intern group provides a forum for young people who are starting their careers to build a professional network. All of the American Theatre Wing's educational and media programs are available for free on demand from our website americantheaterwing.org thanks for your interest in the wing and thanks for watching